Good morning. Let's stand together and let's open our Bibles today to the book of Ezra. We've been talking about um, the game, the great game changer. And today I want to talk a little bit more about that w with you today and what God wants to do inside of all of our lives. So have you made an appointment with God? Are you keeping your appointment? You know, I've discovered about if you make an appointment, you're more likely to keep it. And, and I want to encourage you to make an appointment with God every day and to get along with God and to pray for yourself, for your family, for your church, for our country, for lost folks. At least if you pray those five things, you'll go through 10 minutes pretty quick. But seek God in the middle of this. Learn how to seek God. And, and then we have our prayer times every night. And we'll be here tonight, 5 to 6.30, every night, 5 to 6.30. You can come in any time that you want to come and be a part of our prayer time. Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Hava, and we, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all our goods. For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way, since we had told the king, the hand of our God is for good on those who seek him, and the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and implored our God for this, and he listened to our entreaty. Father, we thank you for your word today that gives us instruction and revelation. And Father, today I just pray that your presence would come upon us. Uh, Father, I ask you that you give us fresh revelation about how to walk in your kingdom and how to be a people of your kingdom. Father, awaken the church to the hour that we live in. Uh, awaken the church to the spiritual battles that are in their lives and in their families and show us, Father, the pathway to walk in victory. So today, Father, I pray that you'd let us hear you and be stirred by you in the actions of our lives that we might be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Take a moment, say hello to a few people around you and greet them in the name of the Lord and you can be after that. If you've been around the church world much, you're, you're probably familiar with the story of Moses, the children of Israel in Egypt, and slavery in Egypt, and God moving uh, through the leadership of Moses and touching the people and bringing the people of Israel out of Egypt and heading them towards the promised land. God had given a promise that they would 
eventually come out of that place. He had told Joseph, he had told Jacob, they would eventually leave that place. And God was faithful to keep his promise. He's told them when he brought them out of that place, and he brought them, was bringing them uh, to what would become Israel. He told them that his desire was that they would become the light of the world. He, he spelled it out for them very clearly, that they, would, that they would become a shining light, that they would become a blessed nation so that the nations of the world would be drawn to them and see their wisdom, their blessing, the things upon their life that he wanted to give to them so that in turn they would see the glory of God and be drawn to him. But he predicted that they wouldn't do that. He predicted that they would give in to the temptations of the culture and that because of that, his blessing wouldn't be able to be fully on them. We begin to learn in this process how God deals with his people. And they did what he said. They failed to live in that place of faithfulness to him. And he told them that if they did that, that they would be carried away again into captivity. And sure enough, eventually the, the kingdom split, and Israel, first the ten tribes would be carried away into captivity, and then later Judah would be defeated and carried, in, carried off into captivity because of their sin. But at that very moment, Jeremiah predicted that God would bring a remnant of those people home out of that after 70 years. At the end of the, at the, end of the, second, at the end of second Chronicles, Judah has been defeated and is exiled. Uh, Babylonia, they've been carried off to Babylon. But as we begin to recognize the history, it's a short time later that Babylon is overrun itself by the Persians. And now as 70 years have transpired, Cyrus, the new leader of all this conquered land, wanting to win favor with exiles and, uh, and reestablish them, allows Israel to go home. At that time, only 42,000, a little over 42,000 of them take, take up the offer. But many stay behind uh, in, in the land that they've been carried off to, including people like Esther and Mordecai and others who did not return back to, to Israel. The ones who get home, when they get home, they find a, a city in disrepair. The walls have been torn down. The temple has been destroyed, and they choose to rebuild the temple. But they face opposition from the local inhabitants at that hour. And there's this intrigue that goes on for the next number of years where they send letters back to Babylon, and they are told to stop building, and finally another king comes into place, and and they are able to, to build again, and before long they have, as the years go by, they rebuild the temple. Finally, after they're allowed to finish, 
58 years go by, and a second group led by Ezra is going to return to Jerusalem. That's the story we just read. They would have to travel 900 miles. It would take them about four months to get that done over very difficult and dangerous territory. There'd be, they'd face the possibility of marauders, of people coming to kill and to steal from them. They would be carrying 650 talents of silver. That's about 25 tons of silver. They would be taking back with them that had been carried off from Israel uh, by the, when, the, when they were overcome. Ezra knew the dangers he knew the dangers that with that kind of silver that they could be attacked, with that, with that kind of a group of people traveling, they could be attacked. He knew that it would be a difficult, difficult journey. But he had made this statement to the king, if, if you'll let us go back, our God will be with us. And so he says in here, I'm embarrassed to ask God to help, I help this, ask this king to send soldiers, a band of soldiers to watch over us and help us because I've told the king that God is going to watch over us. And so as he gathers these people together, what does he do? He calls a prayer meeting. He said, hey, we're about to make this journey. It's a dangerous journey. We're going to, we could face opposition on the journey, and we can face opposition when we get there. We need the help of God, because I'm, I'm embarrassed to go ask for the help of man. We need the help of God. And he gathered them together, and they prayed. It's a story of the faithfulness of God. We read this story over and over and over again in the Bible. We read about God's faithfulness to Abraham and then God's promises to Abraham that he tells him, you're never going to see all of these promises, but I'm going to be faithful to keep my promise to you. We read about his promises to Joseph, Joseph and to Jacob, and we see him keep his promises because God is a faithful God. We see the promise he gives to Moses as he sends him back to Egypt. And we witness in the reading of the word the faithfulness of God to keep his promises. We read about Samuel and David and the faithfulness of God when these people follow and obey him. And we read about the people being carried off into captivity and yet God promising in 70 years, I'm going to bring you home. And here again we see the faithfulness of God. God declares that he is faithful to each generation, and he declares that he will be faithful to this one as well. The generation we live in. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God will be faithful this is just one of the many times in the Bible where a group of people is called to pray 
for God to intervene and protect them. Esther called for a group of people to intervene before she approached the king. David, or Daniel would pray for a group of people to pray when he was, had, had to interpret dreams. In the New Testament, during the time of Peter's arrest and just before Paul and Barnabas are sent out on the, their first missionary journey, there's a gathering of people together to pray. The day of Pentecost, the most famous day of all, in this moment, the church gathers together and prays, this early church, and God is faithful to do what he says he will do and move in their lives. The example of group prayer, the example of leaders calling people of God to come together as a group and pray is common. It's common practice throughout the Bible. As we saw here, they prayed for safe travels. As we see in Esther, they prayed against genocide. As we see with Daniel, they, they prayed that, that dreams would be interpreted. As we see with Peter, we, we, they pray for justice. As we see in the day of Pentecost, they pray for the power of God to move upon them. As we see later in Acts, we see them praying for direction for the church. Group prayer was not unusual. It was a common answer to their, a response to their need, to their questions, to their desires. Last week we talked about what God does when we go one-on-one -on -one with him and some of the great things, and we only touched on about three of them. There's many, many things that God will do on your life. When you make that appointment with God, you keep that appointment with God, you begin to learn how to pray. Because you, Listen, you've got to learn how to do it. Most of us just know how to throw up requests. We don't really know how to pray. But when you really begin to learn how to seek God, when you look and you begin to study the scriptures, you know, in Matthew chapter 6 about how to pray, when you begin to lay out the things you should be praying about and you begin to seek God's presence in your life, it becomes this personally transforming experience and a transforming relationship that takes us from religion into the very presence of God that brings life and transformation in our life. God does wonderful things when we pray with him, pray and we seek him one-on-one. -on -one. However, we can't forget there's great promise when we gather together with others and pray. There, there's this great promise of God for you and for me when we learn to pray with each other. Jesus in Matthew chapter 18, verse 18, says this, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. How do we do that? We do that as we pray. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. He's telling us right here, there is power in people praying together. When people have something in common, when they have a need in common, when they have a concern in common, 
when they just simply love each other. So because the other person has a need, they're willing to pray with them and they get together. God promises that he is there and that as we pray in his will and as we pray under his anointing, that thing will be done. We invite you almost every week in this place, almost every week we invite you and we will at the end of this service. At the end of this service, if you have a need, if you have a concern, if you need direction, if you need freedom from something in your life, we say, hey, listen, we're going to open these altars up. Our prayer teams are going to come down. Come down and let somebody pray with you. Now let me tell you, let me fill you on a secret. These people are nice people. They are not super Christians. None of us up here are some special brand of Christian. We have not transitioned into some new higher level of Christianity. People with faith, they're not even, we're not even people with faith that you don't have. That's not the point. It's not the point that, oh, I don't have faith, these people do. Oh, I, I'm not a good enough Christian to ask God, but these people are. That's not the point of us praying together about things. These are just people who love the church. They love you. They're willing to agree with you. They believe the word of God with you. And when you come down, they're going to agree and ask God for his will to be done in your life. They're not saying, oh, well, I see, I'm a better Christian than you. So, yeah, maybe I can ask God for it and you can't. That's not the deal. This is the deal. When we gather together and we pray together and we ask God for things that are in his will, he says, I'm there with you. And I'm going to move in your life. So any of you prayer teams that think you're, you know, super Christian, I, I, I apologize for revealing that publicly today. <laughs> that we're not. I've done this for a long time. And, and I, I've watched in bewilderment at times when Christians with great needs in their life never take advantage of that moment. They had a great health need. They got, a, they got a real trial going on in their family. And they, and some of us just sit there. I, I've known people to walk through great trials and literally, literally, they don't want anyone to know. They, they, they don't want anybody to know that they have problems. Guess what? Look around you. See, see everybody around you? Look at everybody. Come look around. Everybody has problems. All of us have trials from time to time. You, you may be saying, well, I don't have a problem right now. Well, that's right now. Wait till tomorrow. <laughs> Say, Pastor, you're wrecking my faith. No, I'm just telling you, we live in a world that's a mess. And we may not cause the problem ourselves, but somebody's going to cause this one. And one of the ways Christians respond to our problems is we get with other Christians and we pray about them. We don't walk in pride. We don't put some special hat on ourselves and walk in the church and want everybody to think, I lived the perfect life. All of us know better than that. We're all, we all know what this life is about. Don't, if you're a new Christian and you're looking around, you're thinking, oh, all these people have it together and their life is smooth and perfect, we're, we're just figuring this thing out day by day like you. Now, when we begin to do things right, it gets better. Things get better as you do things right. 
But there's also, we, we've got other people in our life, we've got other things in our life. Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we're brought to mountains that need to be moved. We have challenges that we face. And when we can just be honest with each other, then we can exercise this great promise of God. I'm going through something. And you know what? You don't even have to, you're having a health issue, you don't have to go up and say, oh, here's, you know, the doctor says I have this, this, this. You don't have to, just got, all you got to do is say, I've got this health issue, I'm asking God to touch me. That's all you, you wouldn't have to go into the, any details. Just, hey, I'm, I'm trying to make a big decision. Hey, my, my family's going through some trials right now. We, we don't have to, you know, dump the whole load of what's going on in our life unless, you know, you find that freeing in some way to talk to someone. Now, I will tell you, sometimes when you do that, sometimes you say, I'm going through this, somebody looks up at you and goes, I know exactly where you're at. I know exactly what you're going through. I've been there too. I'm just here to tell you, you can do that. You may find strength when you're open and you confess those things. But we can just pray together about things. The enemy doesn't want us to do that. I've seen people fearful and intimidated to pray with others. And I've heard people say, well, I pray at home. I don't need to come uh, to prayer time. Well, let, do you listen to what the Bible says here? He says when, when two or more of us are gathered together, there he is in the midst of us. Does that mean he doesn't hear our prayer at home? Absolutely not. He hears our prayer at home. But God is telling us there's something special that he takes note of when we pray together. And I want to tell you that your adversary does not want you to learn to pray with others. He doesn't want you to learn to be faithful, to pray with others. The faith-filled believer prays on his own, seeks God on his own, builds a relationship with God in his or her own personal prayer time, but they also enlist others to pray with them when they're in need. We all go through these trials. This is the action of the believer. The action of the believer is, let's pray about this. Why enlist others to pray? Why enlist others to join? Because we see the promise of God that he flows through our agreement together. Why does God do this? Well, that, that's part of what makes us a body of believers. It's part of what makes us a family of God is that we come together and love each other and, and have hearts together. This praying together begins to lock our hearts together as we walk through trials together. Praying together humbles us where we all recognize that we need God and it unites us as we all lovingly seek God together. Prayer together lets us celebrate the victories of God together when God answers our prayer. So God infuses unified prayer with power. Where one is weak, another is strong. Where one gets a word, 
where the other one hasn't heard, now they can hear it. Faith passes through the group and encourages the heart. Love is felt and the family is built and victories are won. This is why we encourage you. You know, come down to the altar if you've got a need in your life and let somebody pray with you. Say, well, I'd have to go every week. Come every week. You know, what's wrong with that? Pray with it. This is why we encourage you to be in small, this is one of the reasons we encourage you to be in small groups. You look at the word, you build relationship together, and you pray with a unified heart together. You confess your concerns. You talk about your, your needs. You talk about the things that aren't going the way that you think the word of God says they should go, and you pray for those things together, and you seek God together. So, so we get together in these groups and we pray together. I encourage you, pray in the hallways together. Pray in your cars together. Wherever you're at, we're sitting at lunch together and you're talking and you share something. Stop and don't, don't, don't just say, oh, I'll be praying for you. Pray. See God right there. Just trust God. Listen, when you pray with others, God promises to join the circle. Do you get that? He says, when you pray with somebody else, I'm right there with you. Friends, beginning of this year, some of you have heard me tell the story. At the beginning of this year, I had a growing sense of desire to see greater fruit in our ministry and a desperate sense of concern about where uh, our country was at. I, I, it, was, it was a... There was a real turmoil and upheaval in my spirit uh, about some of those things that went on for a couple of months. And uh, sitting in my, my bedroom one night, reading a book, God reminded me of something and called me to a, a, a change in my prayer, which he's done that many, many times. And for the next six months, I kept that change. Most of the time right here in this room. And I, I didn't have any freedom to tell others, and I, I, I wondered about that. The only person that knew about it was my wife. I was praying here every night, almost every night when I was in town. Uh, I would say I'd only missed, when I was in town, I only missed one or two nights being here uh, between 5 and 6.30 and just trusting and seeking God in it. It was right just before that six-month period that I was given some freedom to talk to the elders and write the elders and write the staff and uh, begin to ask them to come and pray. And I knew we would be coming to this point in time uh, where I would be challenging. I knew by then in June God began to challenge me about calling you to make an appointment with him. Because, see, he, uh, let, me, let me talk to you about this appointment. He wants your love for him to grow. He wants your revelation of who he is in your life, the understanding of it to grow. He wants wants relationship with you. And he's given us a pathway to do that if we'll seek it. If you seek me, you'll find me. If you seek me with all your heart. So I love God. I'm just telling you, he wants it to grow. He He wants to have a deeper relationship with him. Uh, but I also knew that we'd be calling this time for 35 days of prayer. And I, I want to tell you, 
uh, we, we kind of batting around. I didn't know exactly how that was going to look or what that was going to look like. It took us till mid-September to really kind of get a grip of that. And we've been going through this now for a couple of weeks, every, every night. And, you know, on Fridays and Saturdays, we'll have 13 to 20. You know, last, last week, 40 to 50 on Sunday and Monday, and then 25 to 30 to 40 on Tuesday, Wednesday, and 30 com- coming together to pray. And, and I want to I just challenge you. If you haven't picked a time yet, for the next couple of weeks come. Say, what's going to happen at the end of this time? This was never meant to be the end of the game. This was meant to be a kickstart. This is meant to be, let's become a people of greater prayer. Now, I'm not asking anybody to come every night and pray. But I'm challenging all of you. If you're a Christian, come learn how to pray. Now, if you don't know how to, you say, Pastor, I've never prayed for an hour. You don't have to pray. You don't have to stay for the whole hour. Some people come at 5 and leave at 5.30. Some people come at 6 and leave at 6.30. You know, some people come different times during that time. But if you don't know how to have, if you don't know know how to really sustain prayer, you need to learn how how to do this say well what because you will grow in your relationship with God and you will grow in victories in your own life you'll begin to recognize battles in your own family begin to recognize battles in your own life as you wait upon the Lord and so tomorrow night 4 30 I'll be out here in the entryway tomorrow night if you say if you want to come and say I have some questions about prayer or you want to say uh, I don't know how to sustain prayer. Come and see me. I'll be out there at 4.30 tomorrow night. We'll sit around. We'll talk for a half an hour. Then we'll come in and pray for as long as you want to pray. In your personal time, praying for yourself, praying for your family, praying for the church, praying for the country, praying for the lost, let each subject be informed by Matthew 6, 9 through 13, the Lord's Prayer. Come some days. Join us for as long as you, as you like. Uh, most of it's free time in prayer. We, 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 we haven't... We haven't given much direction to this other than putting maybe some prayer emphasis and we have some things around the front. We have the cross over here. Now, this cross, let me tell you what the purpose is. Uh, we, we've left it in here through the 35 days of prayer. Uh, there's a little pad up here, and what, we're, what we ask people to do is come up, and if you have a loved one, a lost friend, uh, that you want to see get saved, and they're just, just not interested in God, we just ask you to write their name down and put it in the cross. And then what we tell folks do, during our prayer times, people will come up, see this all the time. They come up and they pull a name, they pull one out, and they read it, and they pray for that person. They put it back in, maybe they pull out another one and read it, pray for that person and put it back in there. Sometimes people just come up and just, you know, put their hand on the cross and pray for all the names that are in there. It's just another way of us agreeing together. It's just another way of us praying together. You're praying for them, and now others are praying for them. We have things we want to see God do in our church around the front and different things. Now, this week, we're going to do uh, something a little bit different. This week, from 545 to 615, we're going to have an emphasis every day. Now, we're not going to stop the prayer time and say, okay, now let's go concentrate on emphasis. We're going to let everybody keep praying. But on the screens, there's going to come some. Monday, we're going to pray for America. How many of you think America needs prayer? There'll be some posters up that you can go around and pray for. 
uh, for specific things. There'll be a scroll of things about America that you can look at and pray for that'll help you stay focused, and we're going to come to agreement in prayer. On Tuesday, we're going to pray for healing. We have people in our church who need healing. God promises to heal people. We want to see miracles. Amen? There'll be names around you. You can pray for that. On Wednesday night, we're going to pray for salvation for people who are lost. We're going to give you a chance to pray with other people about that. Thursday night will be the church, and Friday night will be uh, missions. And, but, but the bottom line is just come and pray, as you will, any of those nights that you want, want to come. If you don't know how to pray, come and talk to us. We'll help you uh, learn how to do that. So here's the question. Are there things you're facing, situations in your family, that biblically should be different? You've tried everything. You've hoped everything. Have you locked in and said, I'm not giving up on this until God answers, I'm going to pray? Do you have concern about where America is headed? Do you talk to your friends about your concerns and bemoan the situations in America? as much as you spend time in praying for America? Do you believe God is good for his word? That he'll be faithful to us if we'll pray? If you do, does your prayer life look like it? Now let me just tell you, this, getting prayer in our life, discipline in our life, getting it started is the hard work. It's the hard work. Once you get that thing rolling, once you learn about it, once you begin to have some victory in it, once you begin to sense the presence of God more and more in it, once you begin to sense the leading of the Spirit of God, it gets gets easier. It never gets, it never gets, I've never got to the point where it's just always easy because it is a battle. My flesh wants to battle against it. The enemy wants to battle against it. But as you learn things, it gets easier. But the greatest thing of it all is this. As you learn in it, it gets richer. Because as you get go in it, you, get, you find yourself more and more being led by the presence of God. And so I want to encourage you. If you want to see things change, we need to pray. Amen? Let's stand together. Father, you just, you just burdened me so much with this. We we've, we've thought time and again we were going to stop on this series, and you keep pulling us back to it. And, Lord, I know uh, that you're doing things in people's lives. I'm hearing testimonies of people who you've miraculously moved in their life. And uh, I just pray that, Father, you continue to do that in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask all of our prayer teams right now, if you would, come on down to the front. Uh, If you've been praying over these last weeks and months, I've been getting testimonies from people uh, who've been, God's answered prayers in their life, just some really amazing things. You're going to start hearing about some of them in the next few weeks. If God's answered a prayer in your life, make sure you tell somebody. Make sure you write it to us and let us know. Uh, here's, here's one of the prayer reports. I'm thankful to God that I can walk on my own again. Praise God for that, amen.
this person uh, is thankful to God for their doctors because they went through some pretty serious things, but God was able, but God and the doctors were able to, to help them. Here's some prayer requests. We have in our church family since July 1st to today, uh, inside of our church, some of them very well known in our church, some of them lesser known or extended family members that don't even attend our church. Uh, 10 deaths that I know of. And so we have families going through grief and we want to pray for families in grief. Uh, we have families who have loved ones struggling with addiction. And some of them are some of them are in rehab places. Some of them need to go to rehab places. They just need deliverance. Uh, healing for those who are struggling with health issues. We have several people in our church who are struggling with cancer. We just want to pray for God's healing. Individuals upcoming surgeries. And then individuals serving, uh, searching for jobs. Can you just join hands together? With somebody standing next to you. Just, just join hands. So, oh, Pastor, this is weird. That's okay. You'll get used to it. If you do it enough, it's not weird anymore. Can we just, all of us, you can look up on the screen and just, just individually as you stand together and read it, just begin to pray for these things for a minute. Just lift your voice and pray for them right now. Go ahead and pray. Father, today we just lift our voices together and we pray for the families in our church who are going through grief. Some have lost husbands, uh, wives, friends, relatives, Lord, throughout their life, sons and daughters. We just pray that you would touch them with the comfort of your spirit and give them strength and hope uh, in you today. We pray for all of their extended friends that have heard an appeal to salvation in some, in some service, Lord, that they would be drawn to you in the middle of this as well. We, we pray for families today and for people today who are struggling with addictions. We pray that the ones who need to be awakened to their condition, that they would be awakened and begin to seek help. We pray for those who are seeking help right now, that, Father, your spirit would give them strength to receive that help and to walk in new victory. And we pray you give families the strength and the wisdom to do what is right in those things. Father, we pray for those who are struggling with health issues today, and we pray you'd touch them. And those who, are, are, Father, are facing issues with cancer today, that you would heal them and move in their life for the glory of your kingdom, the glory of your name, we pray you would do this. Father, we just pray today for those who are searching uh, for new work, 
that you'd let them find that place where they can, Father, take care of their families, take care of themselves, find fulfillment in jobs, be a witness to you in their jobs. We just pray you'd open all of these doors. So, Father, today we just agree together in Jesus' name for you to glorify yourself in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Right now, we're going to sing this song, and as we sing it, if you have any need in your life, come on down and let some, one of these prayer groups uh, pray with you. They'll be happy to do it. So right now, as we, as we worship, you come.